Mothers Rise is a podcast dedicated to empowering women and sharing their occasional stories in order to help you become the best version of yourself. The show covers a wide range of topics to improve your business, body, mind, and soul. So welcome to Daughters Rise. The word Ezer is from the Hebrew language and it means helper. Ezer can be found 21 times in the Old Testament. Now this word was used to describe Eve, who was the first woman after uh, God created her. It is used three times to describe the nations that Israel had asked for military assistance from. And most importantly, Ezer is used to describe God himself as the helper of his children and his people. I never believed the lie that women were inferior to men, not in the home, not in the family, not in the marketplace, and not in church. I could never buy into the narrative that a good and faithful God, the one that desires a daily relationship with us, would value his sons more than his daughters. He designed us to complement each other, not for one to be under the other or inferior to the other. Women should be encouraged and free to teach loving kindness as described in the Torah. The one passage in the Bible I hear spoken incorrectly all the time is Genesis 1, verse 27 to 28, and it always bothers me. In reviewing the text, we find God makes, sorry, God makes the Adam, not just the man, but God, but the Adam was them. Most people state that this passage says that God made him, but that's not at all accurate. What it truly says is, so God created Adam in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now at this point, Adam is equal to them. They are called Adam, which has a direct definition in Hebrew to man. When I put these two facts together, it shows me that God intended women to be complementarily equal and supportive partners to, to man. God never intended submission. That is a man-made concept. Think about it this way. God described his creation woman as an ezer just as God was described as an Ezer to nations and all his people. With as precise a language as God and Jesus uses throughout the Bible, it is pretty contrary to practical reason that God would have used the same word to describe himself as he did a woman if she was intended to be considered less than he. It seems forever and a day that I wonder if somehow the narrative, the writings, the additions, in the New Testament, altered God's true intentions by man's desire for control. God never claimed that the head of men, that the, the men be the head of women. He merely said he would build the, the church. God said wherever two or more gathered, he would be there. Now, I love the church, It just seems to me that a man's desire for law, leadership, and control led the church to set up a hierarchy upon its formation rather than allowing the freedom of all people to worship Jesus as intended, women included, not to be ruled over, but to be walked beside in harmony and true belief of the one Savior, Jesus Christ.
It says in Genesis 3, verse 15, And there will be war between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. By him will your head be crushed, and by you his foot will be wounded. I'm not quite sure the outcome of this passage, but I sure think the time is close at hand. Why do I say that? Well, because I've dealt with numerous groups of men who made it their mission to either help me or take me down. Many stumbled over themselves as if in a glorified testosterone-filled war, they were never going to allow another man to win. I and my family, although all still feeling somehow blessed, suffered a lot. Along with these men, there were various women who, instead of being supportive, inclusive, and desiring co-creation, they were undermining our blood, friendship, and work relationships behind my back. All friendly to the face, but if God had allowed actual swords to be sent through my back with their side glances and false expressions, there would be no skin left to be seen at this point. Now I know if you don't see or believe in the spiritual teachings of God's words, you're not going to believe this. But what I've experienced personally in the the last six years, all the numerous spiritual attachments, the energetic warfares and attacks, being gang stalked and dealing with excessive gaslighting and psychopathic abuse. And as a side note, if you don't know what these things are, you're lucky and I'm really happy for you. But I can't help but wonder if I had made a male, if I had been a male creator, would things have been the same? And if not, how would things have gone, really? I do want to share with you that psychopaths tend to be the friendliest, fairly attractive, and cunning, yet also the most violent and dangerous because they lack a sense of empathy. They have no conscience and lack respect for authority and other human beings. They find other human beings beneath them and learn the correct phrases to use in certain scenarios which make you believe that they're empathetic, but they're not. They are not truthful, but you'd never really know it because they seem so believable and usually have a great sense of humor. I can't use the narcissistic term that we are all familiar with because psychopaths are far worse than the mere occasional selfishness and cruelty of a narcissist that is displayed. Now you may understand these malignant personality types because you may have had a personal relationship with someone. You might have one or more narcissists in your family. You could have even had a boss or a coworker who was a narcissist or you may even have seen these behaviors in your church or out in your community. But something came to my email today, and I, I want to share a bit of this email that I received from Kalia LaRoche, who also shares information about these malignant personality types on her podcast, Pandora's Box. I was so excited to read her latest email to me regarding exactly what I've been trying to find the words to explain. Here, Kalia writes, The truth is that the dark triad personality types, narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopathy, have gained tremendous power on this planet and are constantly working for even more power grabs. But typically, 
to these dark triad personalities, they operate like wolves in sheep's clothing, and many people are unaware of what's going on. For example, we see these dark triad personalities at the head of church and state, world leadership, three-letter organizations, big food, big pharma, and other big corporate entities. If we go too deep down that rabbit hole, we'll find things that are shocking and for so many, absolutely unbelievable. The problem with something being unbelievable, she says, is that we don't want to believe it's true. We can't brush off the unbelievable. In favor of staying safe in our own belief systems and delusions, we may adopt a belief that says they would never do something like that to us. But how many of you who have been in a relationship with a narcissist or psychopath told yourself the same thing? He or she would never do that to me. But then you're shocked and shaken to the core when you find out they actually would do that to you. Those who don't want to believe the truth are likely the flying monkeys who fall for the charm and charisma of the dark triad personalities and follow their lead with complete trust. And those of us who know the truth are shaking our head wondering why they don't see it. How can they not see who he or she is? Well, the elephant in the room, she says, is the truth we know is there. But it is risky to talk about. Or it simply feels safer to ignore and go on business as usual. Or, in my opinion, you can try to. She says the deeper truth is we are in a spiritual warfare between dark, the dark triad personalities, and their followers and those who are aligned with good, God, love, and light. There ends the part of her email I wanted to share with you. Neither Kalia or myself wish to be fear-mongering, and I don't want to bring these things up to make you fearful. I just believe that we're in a time when we need help. We need to keep our eyes open and our ears open. We need to help one another. We need to ask harder questions when somebody asks you to do something. Or simply just ask why. You know, sadly, there has been direct targeting of the female population. And what's worse is that there's nowhere for them to turn. If you turn to the church, they ignore you. Some will threaten you. Others will simply give you a prayer and, and to state so you don't meet an early demise and wish you the best as they send you off on your way. You want to know why? The reason why is they're not used to women gaining true enlightenment. And as they do walk this path to spiritual freedom, there seem to be these dark triune energies there to force them back down. We must all begin to awaken to what no one and no one is and no one wants to talk about. The secretive texts, the threatening messages, the money exchange for information, never knowing whether there is truth in the message or not. The more we allow these dark triune personality types to keep things hidden, the longer they have to complete their twisted missions. There is no empathy for their fellow humans, only their dark missions. It's time to speak up, to share support for one another, to be the light in a dark time. As Kalia states, when 
a dark room is illuminated by light, it can no longer hold the darkness. I agree with her. The more we love one another, as John stated tons of times throughout the Bible, the more we share our truths, the less likely they will have room for these covert manipulative tactics. I encourage all of you to be the Ezer, be the helper, and don't be afraid to live your truth, speak your truth, and stand in your truth. We may find by doing so that there's more similarities than separateness, and there's more solitude than sitting in a room all alone. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please like and follow Daughters Rise and share the show with someone you know who could benefit from listening too.